Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. Today, I'm excited to have Manish Boxy on the show today. I've actually known him for almost a decade and a half, both a small business owner and author of best-selling books, Million Dollar Team Secrets and Stop Hiring Losers. Manish Boxy has made himself popular and respected in the world of entrepreneurship. He offers expert advice in building winning teams to achieve growth and financial freedom. Welcome to the show, Manish. What a pleasure. Wow, you make me sound like a celebrity. And I remember meeting you, Phil, and the team there in your office. My goodness, it's been a long time, but uh, you just succeeded so well. And I'm so proud of you, Phil, and the rest of the team, the way you have really, really created a wonderful business. Yes. Well, thank you. You've given me a lot of insight into how to align myself with the right individuals to really play upon my strengths. Also, how to have that, you know, emotional intelligence about myself as to what can be maybe inflammatory (laughs) or (laughs) explosive in relationships, both personal and professional. So I have to say you had a big part in that growth for me to where I'm at today from working for my husband, basically as his secretary to now having my own business is pretty awesome. So yeah, I remember, I remember that very well. And it was like, wow, what a growth, right? So congratulations on you growing as a person, as a professional, as a leader in your community. Oh, thank you. So you're a man of success and many achievements and to the listeners who don't know you like I do, Can you tell us how you got started in the entrepreneurship world and where did you study or what was your first job in the field? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, thanks, Amy, for asking. I still distinctly remember sitting in my home office because quite often I used to work from home, even though this was 1999, by the way. And I was a computer programmer and I'm trying to log into my account. I can't log in. Access denied. And I find out I'm fired. I felt like a loser. You know? So it's like, wow, you know, I have great credentials. You know, I was working by then as 12 years in computer programming. I was number one in my college as electrical engineering. I've had masters in you know, systems and just engineering and management. I was like, despite what most people would look at, went to good school, got good grades, got a job with big companies, including GE. How come this is not working out? And I was like, how can I be such a loser? What's going on? I can't understand this. And later on, I met with a coach. His name is Stan Mann. And he gave me an assessment. And after looking at the assessment, I was like, wow, if only I had seen this early enough in my career. If only every high school student, college student, every employer used it before hiring their employee, they would have a lot better idea on what is the right fit. For example, sitting at a desk so many hours a day 
isn't really me because that's not who I am. Just like you are warm, friendly, engaging with people. Imagine doing coding, entering data all day long. I mean, how would that be for you? That would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. The only way to get me to really focus on things because I like a lot of things going on is I have to have a really tight, tight time frame and be under pressure for me to do that type of task. I think I have to do it. Like it has to be like life or death for me to kind of do that kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. That was what the situation was for me as well. I love training, teaching, interacting with clients, people. It's just natural for me. So once I realized that it was not that I was a loser, it was that my employer did not know. They were not using assessments like they should, right? Nobody had trained them. And I did not know either. So that's why the employers are putting people in the wrong role. They think they have a winner. They do the resume, they do the interview, and they're like, this is a winner. Except the person isn't a good fit and turns out to be a loser. It's not that the person is a loser. It's just that the person is not a fit. Like Jim Collins says, you know, right seat, right, you know, bus. And that is really what was the problem. So over the last 20 plus years, I've coached thousands of professionals, high achievers to make sure when they hire, when they have a team, they're putting people in the right role. And I don't want any employee to feel like a loser like I did. I don't want any employer to put in their hard work, get a person on board and think this is a person who's going to be helpful and turns out to be not the person they are looking for. So I'm on a mission to help employers and employees understand the strengths and weaknesses in a way that the role they have is the best fit for that person. That's incredible. I think one thing you've shown me is to have the open-mindedness and awareness too, that you may have this core personality, but sometimes things can kind of shift as you start to do new things. And so what I've had the experience now as my company's been growing is watching people like evolve and you learn these new strengths and it, it's really interesting. And while some things might tweak a little bit, the core always stays the same. So <laughs> exactly. I have a friend who's very successful and he's like, Nish, how do you know this is you? And how is this, how is it that it may not have changed over so many years? I said at the age of five, I was in front of people. At this age, I'm getting close to 60 now. I'm in the same role as age <laughs> five, right? Like, I know the core is the same. Yeah. I love to learn and I love to teach much like you. And so just even having the opportunity to do this podcast, it's just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> so there's a, exactly. as much a, and so yes, back in the day, if I would have had to code all day, as soon as I would learn how to do something, I'd want to go teach somebody else to do it and build a system around it. I didn't want to keep doing it. So uh, that's why being a business owner is the best thing for me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And it's fun to be able to help other people solve their problems because I went through the problems just like you did. And I just want to teach people a couple of key things that are three steps that I'd like to teach people because I want them to be able to apply this information quickly. It doesn't have to take them long. So during this podcast, if they are paying attention, they want to take some notes, they're welcome to take some notes and start applying the information, in my opinion. Would you like me to go ahead and share a couple of quick tips with people? Tell us the top top three in any particular, are they in any particular? Yes. So there are three simple steps for them. So most people who are listening right now might be saying, hey, I already have a team in place. How do I know what to do next? 
So whether you are somebody who is just starting out, doesn't have an employee, or you have five, or you have 50 employees, you'll find this information extremely helpful. So the first thing that we all need to do is to make sure we have a clear description of each role in the company. Now, one of the books that I recommend to people is called Traction by Gino Whitman, which you have, I'm sure, familiar with. The EOS is very popular. A lot of implementers out there as well who can teach you exactly how to run your team using certain systems. Now, I'm not an EOS implementer. I refer that business to other people, but I do know there are eight questions every business owner should be asking themselves, including the core value, their vision, and so on and so forth. But they need to have that clarity to say, hey, here are the roles in my company to do, like most businesses have sales function, operations function, and a finance function. And they need to make sure that the person who is going to be in that role is the best fit for that role. So knowing the job description, knowing what I would call the top three responsibilities is important, right? You don't want to clutter it with too many different things. The other thing they need to do is make sure they have a daily checklist, activity checklist, weekly activity checklist. And once they have that clarity of who they want, and one of the mistakes people can make, let me warn you, is they think somebody who they hire can do everything. <laughs> well, maybe that doesn't exist. I can do everything. The new person I'm going to hire cannot do everything, right? Okay, they want somebody who's paying attention to DTS, but is very fast. It doesn't really work that way. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So anyway, once they have the right job description, the second step is to get assessments. Get the information on each person. So I recommend four different questions, which are very simple questions, and then add some assessments, which I will mention in a minute here. The first question they should ask their current employee is, hey, what are your top three responsibilities that you think you are doing at this job? <laughs> it's interesting the kind of responses you get sometimes, right? It's like, oh, it's not part of responsibilities. I think this person should be doing. How come this is in that list? And then you realize either I didn't communicate very well or the person is just not paying attention, right? The second question is, what are three activities you like the most in your current role in the job? Mm. The next question is, what are three activities you dislike the most or would like to change in the current role that you have? And the next question after that is, what project, whether it was in business, outside, personal, professional, that you really enjoyed doing so much, nobody had to pay you for it? were just excited. You woke up. You didn't care about the time. Like I'll give you my son's example. He's 14. He loves Lego, right? And I know you have young babies as well. Yes. And then my daughter bought him a couple of years ago, Lego, which is Christmas gift, Taj Mahal to be built, right? It's quite a big project. It's not something you can do in a couple of hours and be done with it. And he was not going to be phased by it. And my daughter also helped, but he's the one who really was excited about it to a level that was not day, it was not night. It's like, hey, I want to do this. And he had so much fun doing it. Nobody's paying him for it, right? He just had the pleasure of doing it. And that's, I think, one of the keys when you have a project that you're so excited about, nobody has to pay you. And that is one of the things that people need to know, employers need to know about the employee. And that really helps. Now, I consider quite a few assessments. So, you know, the DISC assessment is one of the popular assessments people know about, which is a behavioral assessment, which is about how you do, how you watch, how you act, how you solve problems, how you communicate with people. And that's extremely quickly useful right away. The moment you read somebody's profile, you can say, okay, is this person in the right role or not? Very quickly, it's not that complicated. 
The second thing I use is called motivators because it tells me what motivates people. Like most people say, hey, if this is an outgoing person, this person must be great in sales. Not so. I've seen so many outgoing, friendly people just cannot close at all. So there is there are motivators and people will work harder to satisfy their need of fulfilling their motivator than the disk profile. So this is something people don't know. Another part, which is a myth about this profile is every disk profile is the same. Well, some are validated, tested, and used over a time period that they are reliable. And some of them are not as accurate as you would like to make important decisions. In I opinion. have found working with you and utilizing the disc, I, I'm thinking back to one person that we brought aboard a couple years ago, and you're like, I'm not seeing what you're seeing in the interview, Amy. And like, I'm like, no, no, it's great. And no, it really badly, the wheels completely fell off the bus and exploded into this big thing. And and I look back now that I have a bit more clarity and I'm a bit more, even more seasoned as an entrepreneur that actually, I've actually taken myself out of the hiring process because I have found I'm too much of a glass half full person. And I feel like I can always improve someone because I project my personality onto other people. And I'd like to think that they are just the same as me and they're going to figure it and no. So, but looking back at at that assessment, I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, that was not, that was doomed from the beginning with my personality type and their personality type in the way we were going to work together. And you were correct. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate it. And again, it's not from anything else. It's in fact, I was just talking to another employer a few minutes before and what they said the person wanted the resume and the profile wasn't really matching up. I said, this person is a lot more outgoing, take charge, wants to be in charge of their own destiny than what you're looking for as the person wants to say they want an employee, be an employee. I'm like, it's not going to work out that well. As long as you are giving them total independence in the area, it can possibly work. But just remember, this is not what you would call a typical employee in your company. So it's like, oh, okay. So now they have a little bit more awareness on how to, even if they hire the person, they at least know how to work with that person. You know what I'm saying, right? Yes. So thank you for sharing your personal experience with me. So this motivators, I also use emotional quotient because emotional intelligence is a big component of success. You know that very well, right? I also use what is called soft skill competencies. So we know what really is something that the person gravitates to naturally in their past behavior, experience, the jobs that they have done, which means that can we depend on them in this job to follow? If they are not in sync, maybe it will take a lot longer for them to become good at it and may not be the right fit as well. So there are a lot of assessments I use different ways to find out. I give people tips on interviewing process, screening, hiring, etc. Because I want to make sure that by the time the person becomes a part of your team, you have done enough. You can never guarantee you have done enough to not be in a place where, what happened? <laughs> How did this person get hired today? They can't right. even type anything. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yes. It's so common to see that. Would you like me to share the third step? Yes. What is the third step? Well, now that we have information about the role, you also have information about the employee or candidate. You need to see if it's a match, right? So this is just a natural step leading up to it. And this is where I use my past experience of 20 plus years to say, hey, you know what? This is exactly 
the person or not the person or if you're hiring here are some of the tips that you should have and once you understand the role you understand the profile you've answered those questions that i had mentioned now you have a lot more what you would call emotional objectivity right <laughs> okay <laughs> you're not so biased whether i like the person smiles very good dresses very well you know what i'm saying i've known this person on social media this person is a part of my rotary club you know what i'm talking about right Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I've been down this road. Uh, I have a lot of scars to prove it. Like, and now I finally, after maybe about four months ago, I've completely handed over. I have way too much bias going into decision-making and I like to see too much of the good. And it's just, it's not good for my business. It causes way too much whiplash in my business to make those decisions that it needs to be a more calculated analytical decision of exactly, you got to know what the role is and what is the person's strengths and weaknesses. And is this actually going to be a match? Because otherwise, if it's not, it's a disservice to both the, the candidate and the business. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the part that is relevant here is you personally, based on your experience, based on the things that you think your top job description responsibilities are, right? And one of them is Rainmaker, right? Okay. Well, the time that you spend in our two hours or five hours in hiring that one person, guess what? You could have gone and done more business, built more relationships, created a better image of the company, correct? And it's really, if you're making a million dollars a year, each hour is $500 an hour, right? Well, you spend five, 10 hours, you spend so much money, which is really not in the best interest of the company either. And yes. which is why I'd like to teach people, hey, make sure you have a person who's in charge of hiring and you're not that person, right? <laughs> I have what's called a chief people officer now. And she's over there, a fractional HR company. And we even had to let go of someone who was toxic two, three months ago. I just kept, I kept actually saying, okay, well, no, no, no. Maybe we should give her another chance, give her another chance. And then finally the chief people officer said, Amy, no, get out of it. I'm firing her. And the person behaved the worst I've ever seen and was the least gracious exiting the organization. And after it was done, I was like, okay. I'm going to trust you. This is what you do. And I'm that, that's what I decided to step away from it because here I was trying to save this person, which first of all, I was given intelligence that this wasn't going to work to begin with. And I was just like, no, 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 it should work. And like, I was too optimistic. And then I tried to even save this person. It was proven that no, it was just not. And so if, as I give this up more and more and more, I've seen more success in my business. And so I agree with you. If an entrepreneur's strengths are not in, in hiring, you've got to hand over the keys to that to someone else as soon as you can. And you it will be it'll be freeing once you become comfortable with it. Exactly. And somebody who enjoys the job. See, that's the key. If somebody like there are it's a pretty clear statistics. A lot of people hate their jobs. I'm sure you know the statistics on that one. But 70% people are not happy in their job. Okay? Most heart attacks take place on Mondays, right? Which is, you can understand why that would be the case, right? Okay. So if we do two simple things and we are only covering one today, the one part is if they're in the right role, they're more likely excited about going to work because they can't wait. Like I've been doing what I've been doing for 20 years, like you've been doing this for a while. You know, to me, Saturday makes no difference. Sunday makes no difference. I'm still up early. 
Why? Because I want to, right? There's nobody telling me to do that, right? And that's what you want every employee to do. Uh, the second thing, which is not a part of our conversation today, but 70 plus percent live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. They don't have any financial literacy. If they are financially stressed, they can't be great employees either. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's another area that people need to address in their companies to make sure are your people educated about finances, taking care of their you know, day-to-day -day needs, money management, getting out of debt, et cetera. And that's, so if those two things are in place, you likely find productive, happy employees, which is really a good goal there as well. So Amy, one of the common questions I get asked is, Vinesh, yes, you have these books, for example, you know, Million Dollar Team Secrets, et cetera, but do you work with individuals? Which I do, just like in your case. You know, I came over to your company, I had a great conversation, we had great training there as well, and we obviously have found a great relationship since then. So my approach is very simple. It's like, hey, let me know a little bit about your situation so I can see if this is something which I can help you with. And one of the things I start off with is a simple assessment to say, hey, you know what? Tell me more about the problems you have, the goals you have, and let's see if there is something I can do to assist you. And if somebody just wants a few minutes of my time, I'm sure we can find a way to put something on the you know, link where they can find a calendar link and just get on my calendar for about 15 minutes. And if they have five or more employees, I'll gladly provide them a risk assessment so that I can get to know them, they can get to know me, and I get to know a little bit about how they should work with different people as well. Because this is a simple step in the right direction. But the main thing I want for people is very simple. If you have the right people in the right role, you can take a vacation. You know, picture a day when you go to work and you don't have to put out any fires because everybody is handling what they want to yes. do. Picture a day when your employee comes to you and says, boss, I've worked at so many places, but this is a place I really feel I'm valued as an employee. I do what I like to do. And everybody around me is a positive person. Picture a day when you can now enjoy the life you want, the freedom that you are looking for. You have money in the bank. You can take a vacation that you want. And that's really what I want every employer to be able to do because they didn't get in business to be in the weeds every single day, right? They came to provide a value, came to make a difference. They came to enjoy the rewards of being a business owner. You would agree with me on that. Oh, absolutely. And, and the other thing that I encourage business owners to do is to utilize distributive leadership. You can't handle everything in every department. And there's a lot of things that you, you don't need to worry about. And you just empower your team to, to manage it. And then basically you're just kind of like when you go to the bowling alley with like a two or three-year-old, you're just like the the guardrails keeping keeping the, you know, the gutter rails, like keeping the ball from going down. And I, I completely understand that. I'm actually taking my longest vacation I've ever taken. I'm going to take a month off this summer. I wow. mean, I'll still maybe do like an hour a day, you know, of just little check-in and kind of keep things rolling. But I, I encourage you were talking about the EOS system, also having a coach, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about coaching and some of the success you've seen for business owners, having that coach and having that accountability to kind of force you to make that metamorphosis into a real CEO and business owner can be quite transformative. Well, congratulations on being able to take that vacation. I'm I'm sure you'll have a great time with your family and do a lot of wonderful things. 
give you a quick example. So Terrence Murphy was a successful NFL player. He was mm-hmm. with Green Bay Packers. And unfortunately, due to injury, he had to cut short his career and then went into business. One of the areas he was focusing on is real estate. And he has other businesses as well. And when he contacted me, this was quite a few years ago, he called me up because he was referred by another successful person that he knew. And he's like, Minesh, in football, NFL, you could fire anybody. <laughs> you know, It was easy to just say, hey, you're not cutting it. Boom, you're gone, right? And there was a process which was much simpler for somebody who's very direct in their beings, right. right? But he realized in the private sector, in working outside of the sports arena, he needed to know who the right people are, yep. how to onboard them, how to make sure that they are given the right responsibilities, how you encourage and motivate and bring them to the next level. And then I started working with him for the next 90 days that typically when I work with most of these people to put a structure in place, make sure they have the right people, he went from being frustrated, exhausted all the time, feeling like he's the only one who has to put out all the fires. Now he's multiplied his business. He's able to take on more responsibilities. He has the right leaders in the right position. And he is a lot more successful. Another top agents in the area. He has so many other businesses which are flourishing very well. He's mentoring a lot of people and he's able to feel good that he's achieving that goal that he had mm-hmm. of making a difference, of being a more impactful person in his community. Now that he understands the people side of the business, that he didn't feel he really had that much clarity. You know, the ball was one thing, people is another. And now he understands how to work with that and he's other great clients refers me. In fact, I talked to his assistant or manager today because they had another person that they want to make sure is the right fit. Oh, that's excellent. And and it's amazing. You're working with his manager now who he's empowered and you're not even, he probably doesn't even know what's going on. And, you know, it's probably just growing exponentially under him. That's, that's great. That's great to hear. I wanted to talk a little bit about it and this and you were we were just alluding to that there's a whole people side of it and what a lot of professionals struggle with is to understand that people are human and so as business owners we tend to be more drivers and we're just like so focused and we are so invested in the business and we don't usually have that intelligence as to the other people and and they don't have that understanding sometimes that people make mistakes and they have their own personal lives. What advice do you have to business owners or even people that are business owners to, to gain a better understanding and, and have a little bit more, I don't know, like compassion and understanding and maybe patience towards those that they're, they're working with to, to allow them to develop if perhaps they're the right fit? Exactly. So Amy, you're absolutely right. So the first thing is most employers tend to be bold, take charge, climb the next big mountain. You know, that is how they are. And they're like, how come everybody doesn't want to climb the mountain, right? (laughs) How come everybody does not want big challenges in their lives, right? They're all different, right? Okay, so we just have to be aware of that. Now, here's the part that is a small skill requirement, which I would just add as a quick point that people can use. So most people who are very direct, they don't understand the part of listening to people. So I'll give you one quick example on that. So when people talk, usually think that they are trying to give us information. Well, 
partly true. The reality is most people want to be heard first and then the information. And most people who are leaders, they are only gleaning for information, but they're not appreciating, acknowledging and making the person feel heard. And because they don't feel that way, the person doesn't feel like nobody, nobody cares about them, right? And that's why you might have seen this happen quite often is like the leader is asking a question, somebody's responding, and this person is still doing texting, email, or writing, or whatever else the person is already consumed with doing. Well, the person who is speaking, yes, may be communicating the information, and the leader understands the information, may even follow the information. But if the person doesn't feel heard, yes. they don't feel part of the team, and they don't feel that they are being acknowledged as a person. And that's where looking straight into the eyes, paraphrasing what they said, using the emotional tone that connects with them. Guess what? If that is not present, your employee doesn't feel like a team member who's a valued person. That's the first simple strategy that you can apply in communicating with people. Because now, if you know this and you ex exercise this on a regular basis, guess what happens? People want to be talking to you. People want to be with you. And they see you as the leader who cares and compassionate to take them to the mm. next level. And I think most people don't realize that part, which is just a journey of growing as a leader. I was not a good listener either. I've started to learn that. Like, huh, am I really being somebody who hears attentively to people? Or am I just looking for quick information and getting out of there? It doesn't build a bond, doesn't build a relationship otherwise. You know what I'm talking about, Amy? Yes. So I learned that, I mean, I would have to say me not listening and having people feel heard was probably what led to the biggest challenge I've ever had in the history of my business where half my sales lead team mm -hmm. le left and my main right hand left. And I thought that I was doing all the right things and I was I thought that I was doing all the right things, but I was more robotic and I was there, but not really there and not really like listening to them. And when I really stepped back and I looked at everything, but it's kind of like the chicken and the egg when you're so stressed out and you have so much on your plate, then it's almost impossible to have the capacity to do that. So after I went through that, I realized I needed to make some major investments in my company. And I'd always been afraid to expand too much and spend too much money, but I needed, I definitely needed to have more than one admin and I needed to make a lot more investments. And so once I kind of almost overstaffed after coming back from that and trusting people more and then practicing listening through having this podcast and doing things and just taking the time to listen to people, it's almost like a muscle that you're training and it gets bigger and stronger and easier to, to do that. But I, I understand, I would say that had to have been why those people left is I thought I was doing a great job and I was doing all the awesome things of the business owner. But I think the world around me thought I was awesome, but maybe I wasn't really the best person to be around as a boss. I've learned a lot one year after that went on. <laughs> so Wow. Wow. What an experience, Amy. And thanks for being 
open enough to share that experience with people because most of us are trying to hide behind a facade, right? It's like, oh, I got everything figured out. And that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, Stop Hiring Losers. I say, hey, I'm the loser. I'm not trying to say you are the loser. I'm saying I'm the loser who didn't figure out what was the best for me. Right. I don't want anybody to go through that pain anymore. Right. And that's the same idea. You learned your lesson and here you are going and then you are taking a vacation for a month, which is just amazing. That busyness. I don't want to go back to that busyness again. And just even in my personal and my professional relationships, I feel like I have this greater level of connectivity that I have before. And it's easy to fall into my old phases of, you know, let me look at this while I'm talking to you and let me try to multitask. And, you know, if that can kind of take over because you kind of do want to go on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, because I... I get a lot of joy out of completing things and checking them off. Being in the present, and I think is, is so, so valuable. So I appreciate that whole discussion. We covered a lot of ground, but do you have any last minute thoughts that you wanted to share with the audience? Well, thank you, Amy. First of all, what an opportunity to share with you. And again, I remember the first time I met you and here you are. What a success story you are, right? And the reason is very simple. You had a bigger vision yourself. And you also saw that to achieve that vision, you had to grow out of the role that you were in, which was a stepping stone where you can now have a team help you fulfill that vision. And as you fulfill the vision for yourself, you're helping other people impact other lives. And that's the reason we are all here, right? Yes. The reason we are in the businesses we are in, the reason we are in the free enterprise system is I provide value. And that's what pays me, Right. It's not just because my name is Manesh or your name is Amy that people are going to pay us. No, it's because we bring something of value, Mm -hmm. something that they can implement and apply, make their lives better. And I applaud you for that. I really want you to know that I respect you tremendously. I've seen you grow through these different stages of life because I knew when you didn't have any children and here you are, you know, married children and everything else. It's like, wow, what a balancing those areas of life. And that's what excites me is. I have a, you know, I'm married. I've been married for 30 years. You met my wife, Kim, obviously. Yes. I have two children, 18 and 14. We homeschooled our children even before it was common, right? Yes. I've been to Disney World over 200 times. And the reason I say that to people is I did all of this to get better results in life. In fact, let me tell you a quick story. This is a funny one. So I remember I wanted to write a book for a long time. And I said, how hard can it be? You know, I know English. I read books all the time. I came up with a great title, Stop Stopping, Start Starting. Like, man, how difficult can it be? <laughs> and then months go by. I'm not able to finish. It's like, what's missing here? What's not here that I need to know? And I was frustrated like crazy. And then I hired a coach who could teach about writing and publishing a book. And guess what? Since then, I published 10 books. Wow. And that's just is amazing, right? The same thing, people, when they become an employer, some of them are like, oh, how difficult can it be to hire somebody? How difficult can it be to bring a person on board, teach them the things that I need them to know and get them to be productive? That's pretty common for most people to feel like that. And then suddenly it doesn't seem like as easy because either you're not happy, the employee is not happy, you're not achieving your goals. It's like, what's wrong? What's missing? Well, guess what? Hiring a professional, hiring the expert advice makes a huge difference 
when you are trying to do something which you haven't done before yourself. It yeah. shortcuts the time. It makes you feel more in control. And you have the pleasure of seeing it accomplished. And that's what bringing on somebody on your team to help you get things done. Yeah. Well, and kudos to you for being fearless, though, to, to do all the things that you've done with your family and everything. And I think a lot of folks have self-limiting beliefs. Like, I can't write a book. I can't do this. I can't do that. What I always like to people to say is like, you know, I can't do this yet. Or like, you know, like add yet to it. Don't say just you can't or, you know, maybe the time's not right now. And, you know, you house it away like on a on a shelf to to reconsider later and to, and to try and don't don't think just because someone else did something that that's the right course of action for you. And doesn't your daughter work for you today in your business yes. too? Yes. It's really awesome that she's been able to, to do that. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And uh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I wanted to be the biggest influencer in my children's lives. And I still have a lot to learn and grow. But at least I feel I'm making progress in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Well, th- I think that's a good place to land the airplane is that may all of us, those that are listening to this podcast, not stop learning and growing. I know my journey is not done yet and yours isn't either. So I really appreciate you being on the show. And if people want to reach you, what are the best means for them to get a hold of you? Well, very good point. The simplest one would be, and I'm giving my phone number right here, is 248-866-0063. My email address is vinashatambaxi.com. Reach out to me and you can have access to me and you know, have any questions. I'm here to help you because if you are somebody who's striving to be a better leader, if you want to put together a team that can accomplish the vision that you have, I'm on your side. I want to help you. Yeah. You've proven that and you were introduced to my husband and I through someone that I think my husband's now known almost 40 years or something like that and you've brought a great amount of value to her and you've done that for for me and my clients over the years and so I really appreciate that so all right well thanks again everybody who wants to reach out it's mboxy.com so m-b-a-x-i.com and look forward to seeing everybody on the next podcast thank you Amy